Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. It's uh, it's summertime. It's ha- happy June, everybody, and and we're uh, we're continuing to spread the wealth around here. At it's pretty okay. Uh, Kevin brought us our uh, our topic last week when we talked about master classes, and uh, this time we're gonna turn the floor over to to Max to tee us up. Yeah, so I I did something yesterday. It was May thirty first. Uh, for the first time, which is that I got myself a, a season ski pass, which is basically a, a lift ticket that I can use every day for an entire winter season to go skiing at a mountain. Huh. Okay. Um, I bought it on May 31st because June 1st is when the prices start to go up and they get higher and higher as you get closer and closer to um, the winter season. It's kind of like an early bird special type deal. Ah, yes. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting because we talked about Masterclass last year, which is also a subscription thing um, because everything's a subscription now. Um, And as something that, you know, are you you really learning? And um, it's kind of expensive to invest in. Um, So it's curious that you you brought this up, Max, as, as something that you are excited for. But it also makes me think of I was I was just talking to some different folks the last um, you know a couple weeks um, like that they want to start playing golf or they want to start playing tennis at, at, you know at this you know kind of like entering your thirties timeline is something that you can continue to do for a long time maybe for for your life to have this this physical exertion this somewhat athletic thing. Um, and I've definitely thought about when talking to people when they mention golf having a background in it as okay, but there is a a financial investment you're gonna have to do to do it regularly. And so you brought up skiing, which is which is a classic one um, as well that you can do for a long time. And it, it got us thinking about okay, what are some good options that maybe aren't gonna break the bank. Yeah, I would say right off the bat, I don't think you can ski for quite as as late into your life as you can perhaps play golf. Um, Mm -hmm. I know Paul McCartney was skiing as late as 74 or so and may still be downhill alpine skiing, but uh, I think most people might stop by that age. (laughs) Um, It's a little rough on on the knees and the joints and things like that. But yeah, definitely definitely a huge um, upfront investment to to your point. Well, and I'm interested, Kevin, if this is something you've thought about at all as, uh, you know, it, it's it's less about like if, if you're you're athletic, but thinking about I want to do something that is athletic that I can do for a long time. Obviously, we played in a basketball league with guys who were into their 60s, but maybe I mean, I think of some people who play through in their 40s and were constantly getting injured. And I definitely had that thought about should I move this to something else that is maybe still somewhat strenuous, but isn't gonna, you know, take my knees out or my ankles or my shoulders or whatever else. Yeah, I I, th- I think it's um, I I kind of would 
think of it more as stuff if i if i'm trying to learn something new it seems like it would be uh, basketball is very easy to get to like all you need is a basketball and a hoop and you can at least like practice yourself but like some of these things require a big investment of time or money or you need other people or uh, whatever so like so there's some class of these things that are just much harder to get into or you know two highly functioning knees yeah i mean that's i'm writing down some criteria for what we pick here um you know i think we'll really get into value um and and i do think of of kevin you kind of got to this can you do it alone do you need is it like a team thing or whatever or could you just go out and and do it um then i also think about uh if we're considering um you know skiing or, or cycling um you either have to get it to the place you were going or you have to figure out a way to rent it. I mean, what other criteria should we be thinking about, Sean? Well, you you kind of have hit on, on some of the big ones because we were talking about skiing and sort of the economics of skiing earlier today. And I, you know, Max had, had mentioned it, essentially an economy of scale where the more, the more you use, uh, the lifts and the, and the slopes, the the relatively cheaper it gets, and I was like, well, okay, but you have to remember that I've never lived anywhere north of Washington D.C., and mm-hmm. so skiing, nece- you know, necessarily is a a proposition that for me also includes the price of travel, the price of lodging where you travel to, uh, the price of renting equipment because if you buy skiing equipment while you live in new orleans louisiana you're maybe kind of dumb um and so like you know i i have family members and and friends who go on like golf trips and and that actually like it's a kind of a cool thing that you can do if you are are really into that uh but it definitely it functions as a a fairly significant barrier to entry if in addition to having uh, the raw materials for one of these activities you also have to throw a bunch of other expenses in on top of it or if it's you know hard for you to get the materials that are are necessary for it yeah i with these two that we've talked about so far golf and skiing the other thing i would mention is that you like you can't really participate in it unless you have like a requisite amount of skill. Like if you're skiing and you're skiing with people, you can't necessarily go to the same slope as them. And with golf, you can't play around of golf with them if you're whacking it all over the, the course or whatever. You, you can, you're just yes, not going to make friends slash might get injured. <laughs> that yes. And, and this is, this is where, this is where I, I hoped we would go at some point, which is that, Golf is sort of fascinating to to me in this regard because I, I have, uh, you know, if I were to, to make a dad joke about it, I would say that I have a love-hate relationship with golf, by which I mean that I love that I hate golf. Um, it's It stems from a, a an adolescent horrible lack of patience and, and being pretty bad at it. Uh, but... I also think golf has an incredibly wide 
range of possibilities to it that some of these other things maybe don't necessarily have. And golf is actually pretty damn attainable if you're just willing to be a tiny bit flexible on how you define golf. Because I I am sure that this will change at some point in my life. But as it stands right now, on June 1st, 2021, as I am a 29-year-old man who has not played a round of golf in at least a dozen years and probably more like 15. Um, I, I don't have any grand plans to pick up like hitting the golf course and, and walk in 18 again in my life. However, I love a driving range mm. and it doesn't require a whole lot of skill it doesn't even require a whole lot of equipment. You could have one club, and as long as that one club is not a putter, you could go to the driving range and drink some beers and whack two buckets of balls around for a fairly reasonable price. Yeah, I, I think that's an interesting one because I the obvious I was also thinking of is like mini golf is still fun with with hell yeah skill. it is. But like kind of the the difference there and with all of these is when we're talking about in an in, in investment, I, I do think of like, all right, this is something I'm going to do and I'm going to do regularly, which you can with the driving range. But I think there's a different level of, of seriousness. And I would also say that one yeah. of the appeals of golf from, you know, the people that are like, I'm going to do this is honestly having trips sort of based around it and i think for a lot of the things that we've mentioned here you know cycling obviously skiing um max i think you brought up scuba you can go on a trip that includes these things so like kind of propels this hobby a little bit a driving range for as fun as it is you you might have a bros night at a golf range but you're not going to have like a, a couples or your your pals like weekend at, at you know at golf which I find that as, as someone who used to play a lot of golf, I always find that very annoying. I'm like, if I want to go somewhere, I'm just going to go somewhere. But you know, you your your tastes change and everything, and so that's where with any of these, I also take into mind is like, can it become part of this this leisure lifestyle? No, that's that's totally fair, and I think it's it's not just trips where these things can be an activity. It's that these are activities that lend themselves well to a whole trip that is constructed around the activity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's, that's one, uh, one, I think mark against golf too, is you can, uh, for like cycling, I mean, people will do like the whole weekend where they're cycling and there's like an end point. And it's, it's really nice and everything. Um, with scuba, I've never been, but I assume it can take like you're like I'm going to spend a day out on the, the the sea. I guess people do sailing too. I didn't even consider that, but that's that's another stratosphere of of probably cost. Um, skiing, snowboarding, it's like you can spend the whole day doing it. Golf takes a too much time and not enough time at the same point. It's like it's not going to take the whole day, but it's going to take too much of the day to do anything else it's it's a it's it's like when you're like oh i can fly or it's a six hour drive what do i do well i mean think about think about what the the number one depiction of golf in like popular entertainment is it's a vehicle for horrible men to get away from their nagging wives for four hours 
Mm-hmm. Um, and and so I I don't know how much how much of that is like rooted in fact and is like part of the real appeal. Uh, but any anything that involves a boat is necessarily in another stratosphere. Uh, <laughs> it's it's one thing. You know, yeah, I, I yeah. imagine it takes a, quite a bit of coin to, uh, you know, to get you and your buddies over to Scotland to play the old course. Mm-hmm. Uh, it takes uh, orders of magnitude more money than that to, like, you know, get a boat and maintain a boat <laughs> and yeah. live a boating lifestyle. <laughs> I And I also think, too... Um you know, getting into the value, which is which is maybe a key portion of this. Um, a lot of this, I think, will be regional. I mean, Sean, you went over being from New Orleans. The, the only incline is up to the water. You don't have mountains that you can go ski on there. So I, I feel God like, but, but like, you know, for, for Max and being in the Northeast or if you live in Utah or something, you know, we should consider that skiing is still going to be expensive you still have to get the lift pass you still have to i mean you still have to have a jacket or pants and and boots that can take you there which which are costs in themselves but maybe if you live there you already have some of that stuff and where we can point and say oh it's so expensive that but if you live in colorado it might make a lot of sense for that to be the thing you do three months out of the year and then it does start to make sense so um I think with cycling or, you know, in the same thing we said was with really any of these is the value also has to be considered on a regional basis. One that we haven't mentioned at all, and as we get into value, I think is maybe the wild card here is is definitely tennis. While I don't think in my head of, of tennis trips um, necessarily, um, you it's it's very portable it's not as ex- expensive as the other things. Um, and if you do start to get old and you need your functioning knees, um, pickleball seems to be growing at a great you know, hops and bounds and looks honestly very fun. Tennis with less movement and a deader ball. I, I think that that's, if, if you're ultimately value focused there and are less trip based, I think that's a very good one. Yeah, there's also like, you know, overnight hikes and camping where the the supplies that you buy, like if you buy a tent, that's something that is meant to last you a, a long time in a way that, you know, especially if you get in on these things while you're younger, like golf clubs and tennis rackets are, are somewhat, you know, limited by the possibility that you will grow and change in size and, and need new equipment. Um, but if you're like into if you're into camping where you know you're out in nature arguably your your main financial limiting factor is whatever happens to be you know the prevailing market value of gorp yeah they there are different levels of of camping um gear but like you can get if you it, it's very easy to try it out and get into it you can go and get cheap camping gear try it out see if you like it you're not really gonna the only <laughs> i guess the worst case is you like die in nature but like you don't you know you can go try it out easily and i find that that's no big that's deal. one thing that i find difficult about like a lot of these uh, I mean like adult hobbies is that you can try it out for cheap and then you can go get you know the nice ultra lightweight stuff if you find out that that's like your shtick but yeah but but we've we've sort of 
we've elided the the point that Pierce was making, which is that tennis is a really good one, and that is correct because mm-hmm. there's only so many uh, there's only so many pieces of equipment that you really need. You know, it's a racket, and you need enough uh, enough balls to uh, to to get you through. But there's also a lot of public infrastructure that exists to facilitate tennis playing in a way that there is not for, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess there are public basketball courts all over the place, but again, that's, nice. that goes heavily to the, to the knees thing. Uh, but there's not like a ton of like uh, public ski slopes are, are much less ubiquitous across the country than public tennis courts. And so you can just like show up. And as long as you have, a racket that feels relatively comfortable in your hands, you're good to go. Yeah. And so, I mean, in this discussion, uh, you know, you just mentioned camping and I'm curious if, if we can, uh, if we can consider hiking in this, because in some ways from a value, from a trip based, from moving your supplies, can you do it alone perspective? that's that's also like a really good one and it's something that you can do as long as you can walk i mean even if your knees are kind of shot you can still go on a hike um i mean is that is that maybe a little too a little too simple a thing or or is that really maybe which we should all be shooting for is just like i'm gonna hike forever i think it's the latter i mean i think what you want out of you know what i guess you might plausibly call a lifetime sport people love to talk about like tennis as being a lifetime sport you want something that has enough simplicity for you to just keep doing it Hmm. you know it's something that has very low barrier to entry but has a ton behind that door once you open it and start getting into that world there the possibilities are endless and so i think that that is the kind of thing I, and and there's there's something of that to golf too, where every course is is a little different. Um, you know, there there's there's value in uh, simple and and something where the process is repeatable, but the experience is never quite exactly the same. Yeah, I think hiking of the list we've talked about is probably the only one where you can't get a lesson in it. I mean, cycling, I've bet you i don't know if you can get a lesson in cycling but maybe you can to be a better cyclist i i don't know but that's that's one thing too it's like uh you know for forever sports it's like it is we're looking for mildly athletic but you can you could still get a lesson in it um because that's another thing i feel like a tennis lesson is not prohibitively expensive but yeah yeah, well for if you took it to like the backpacking level where it's a multi overnight thing you could Mm -hmm. You can, I think, pay for trips sponsored by some places like REI or whatever, where they probably teach you some stuff. Like, here's how you would filter your water and cook food. And, um, but yeah, for your basic hike, I don't know. You can get fitted for a shoe, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's. Yeah, I'm, I'm also thinking too about the whole rental of things and how nice it is that tennis is very portable and like as, as someone who worked at a golf course and has played golf I would I would say 
don't rent clubs from places, but also the person who has to check a bag to, for their golf clubs. I know there's a lot of market specialization where you can ship them and stuff, but it's still, that is another expense that is very annoying. And I would think that renting ski equipment is not as like disruptive to your ability to enjoy as renting renting golf clubs would be i'm not sure i can i'm not sure i can all the way wrap my head around the idea of being invested enough in one of these activities to like construct a whole trip around it and then renting the equipment skis sorry I'm I'm really I'm talking about golf clubs. I'm talking about golf clubs there because skiing makes sense. Like I I went on a skiing trip. I went on a ski trip once when I was like eight or nine with my family, and you know you don't you live in Louisiana. You don't buy skis for an eight year old, a six year old, and a you know I guess like a a three year old for this one trip. That's that would be no. really insane. Um, but like if you're you know, if you're an adult and you golf enough that you and your friends are going to go on a golf trip, I can't imagine that you don't have golf clubs because you, you don't just go straight. You don't go from zero to golf trip. You know what I mean? And then, yeah. And then at that point, you also you're so attached to your golf clubs that you would pay money to bring them with you rather than use the rentals. Yeah, this is this is this is true. This is the right response to that. Um, I, I, I mean, Max, I don't know. I don't know if you've like traveled West before, like flown out on ski trips. I certainly know people have done that. Um, and, and I don't know, I know that those flights are packed with people who do bring their ski stuff, but is that, if that's something you've, you've ever done, I feel like I usually see helmets and boots. Yeah. I think nowadays people might bring their helmets, but probably like I've never brought equipment, um, beyond that. Well, as a kid, I didn't you know, use a helmet. Um, but I would probably still rent. I think the other thing with skis is if you go to like, not only can you rent on the mountain, but a lot of ski areas have third party companies. Um, and there's a lot of like Uber for skis services now where you can get maybe even nicer skis than you would have at the mountain available to you. And you can rent for, you know, four days at a time. And it's not actually that expensive to rent equipment. So, you know, you're not Mm going to be renting your, your jacket or your gloves or your, or your helmet probably uh, you might be renting a helmet but uh yeah i've never traveled with skis on a on a plane um and the last time i went to colorado i, th- I don't think any of the, the group of people traveled with their equipment yeah yeah and and it's it's my ignorance speaking but i would think that if you rent skis and equipment uh, you know i'm sure that there is a difference but like playing with golf clubs that aren't your own i mean that's like all yeah. of a sudden you you put on someone else's sho- not even someone else's shoes because shoes are mostly the same but it is a it is a big difference like if you were thrown into someone else's kitchen and you're like hey go make this it's like well i don't know where this stuff is i don't know where your spices <laughs> are it would be you could do it but it would be very frustrating um but i think uh, Something interesting talking about value, though, I, I know that a lot of, you know, I don't think ski mountains and, and mountains in general are necessarily giant money makers, um, but it can be very expensive to go skiing. I would say the average day ski pass, ski lift pass costs at least $100 nowadays um, mm-hmm. to go for one day. And 
So something that I find interesting, though, is that I've noticed a lot of ski mountains offer severely discounted and sometimes free beginner passes because they want people to try skiing for the first time and they don't want it to cost $200 to to fall five times and then give up, which I think yeah. is really cool. But I'm curious if that's something that these other the activities that we're talking about kind of offer. Like, I don't know any I don't know what? anything like that when it comes to golf but maybe like a par threes or something well so like with golf i think it's if you think about lessons i if you're trying to get lessons as an adult it's generally like way more expensive than if you're a a kid and just going to like golf golf camp in the summer so i think there's just a lot for some of these things there's just a lot more infrastructure for you to learn as a a child rather than an adult and and also with with i mean Obviously, there is a limit to how many people can be on a mountain at a time. Um, but with golf, there there is a pretty strict limit to how many people can like play in a day. So you you have to deal with that. And and I they they do make they don't have that many avenues to to make money. And one of them is pretty exclusively greens fees. Whereas like there is a whole ecosystem to to going to a mountain but that's that is really cool because that's also one that if you go for the first time you have paid a lot it's you're probably not going to have a good time same thing if you've yeah. never played golf before but um you can you can go to a driving range as Sean mentioned before you can't really go out on your street or down the block and get in some some runs to practice or anything <laughs> um so yeah, that's a that's a really good point you know good for skiing and and i know that with the value it's like i realize that we're talking about value in terms of money and it is worth mentioning too that with these forever sports and again why tennis might be a really good one is not only is having the money to invest a luxury but so is the time. And the nice thing about tennis is that you can do it in, in smaller chunks of time. You know, you can reserve a space at your local court or whatever, which is probably free. Um, and you can you can go do that. Whereas like a lot of these other things do take a lot of time to set aside and be like, I'm going to go skiing this weekend or you know, I'm going to try to play golf this afternoon and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. that's, it's easy to think about the money, but I also have to think about the time and not everyone has time to take off or, or free time because of kids and whatever. And I, I think that that's, that's worth thinking about too in all of this. Yeah. I, I do think with the ski pass, one thing that I'm most excited about, I would say is like, typically if you're going skiing for a day or for me, it's the traveling and the buying the ski pass and the rent you want to get your money's worth almost you're with the time so you want to wake up early you want to ski all day because you're paying for the whole day whereas once now that i have a pass i'm actually hoping slash maybe i'll be willing to go ski for a few hours and then leave or something like that a little more flexible because it's kind of a sunk cost and i've, I've paid for the entire season so it almost doesn't matter how much I use it in a given day, as long as I'm getting out and using it almost like a gym membership, perhaps. Mm, That's yeah. That's a really good way to think about it, you know, and taking advantage of like doing things after work. Most of these you cannot do after work, but I guess you can't really go skiing after work. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, some, I know some places like turn on the lights and it'll be, I have gone night skiing after work out of Boston. Yes. But not a regular thing. I don't think. 
I'll sure. I'll put in a I'll put in a plug for a, a little little boozy nighttime driving range trip. <laughs> it's good fun. That does sound really nice. <laughs> good good for the whole family. And there's even look there there's even a, a, a lower rung version than that, which is Top Golf. Yeah. Yeah. I actually got invited to that by my realtor, and we'll be we'll be going <laughs> in a few weeks. Um, no, I, I mean I, we're gonna we're gonna no we're we're not moving past that. Yeah. We're, was uh, that a joke or was that a serious statement? No, that's 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 really like my my real like they they're having an event, and I was like, I don't know if we're gonna go, and you know now we're going, so I'll I'll report back because because I have not maybe I've been to Top Golf before, but I've never been to Top Golf like the real like you know oh come and we'll have cocktails and we'll eat and then you'll hit some balls into the targets and things will light up um but this this all makes me think the real the real thing that you should be doing for the camaraderie and the hangout and you can really do it anywhere it's just just play cornhole just play cornhole or the the like uh what's the one with like the balls on the strings a ladder ball or whatever I feel like those are in bocce. Those are those are like the the best the best games. Low investment. You can do it anywhere, and they're great on vacation. There we go. So and, and, and you have a hand com- free. Com- you have a hand free. We're comparing a hobby of playing cornhole to skiing and <laughs> golfing and doing golf trips. So. And I, mean, I think cornhole. Got some- <laughs> and the crazy thing is, I think cornhole wins. You can't it's really some- play cornhole alone, though. Yeah. Well, and you could. They've got some great cornhole courses up in uh, Montana, so we can take a trip. You guys want to plan a cornhole cornhole trip? <laughs> no, great but I cornhole do think, courses of the north. I do think we should go on a road trip across the country playing disc golf. Oh, disc golf it's people frolf. are very serious, man. I don't want to. I don't want to embroil them in this. I I saw a person out in the wild recently carrying a stack of no less than 11 different uh disc golf discs and it clearly was not the kind of thing where they were like working at a store that sold them and were carrying a stack in to put on the shelves like that was their collection yeah that's really bad that person should have gotten a disc golf bag Five discs ago, that is that is the equivalent. That is the disc golf equivalent of buying a boat. I'm 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 not going to say anything. We can, about we disc can get golf some special because... guests to talk about frolf in the future if you'd like. <laughs> I'm not sure I would. I'm not sure I would like. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not stepping into that that cornet's nest there. I mean. If, if disc golf is how you need to, to to decompress from your life and it keeps you happy and doesn't hurt anyone, that's fine. Sean, what you observed did not hurt you. It just concerned you. And those are different <laughs> things. <laughs> that is accurate. Yeah. That is accurate. Um, okay. Well, uh, any any final thoughts on, on the forever sports before we before we wrap things up? No. All right, your your talkative contributions suggest that it is time for us to move on to Pierce's sorry. So, uh, what are you apologizing for today? So, I for the last I don't know month or so, um, I've been spending. I haven't really been watching any movies or TV shows. I've spent a lot of time watching YouTube videos, and as I did this and realized what I was watching, um, and subsequently what I was reading, and and as of 
today, as as I shared with Max, you earlier, um, what I've been buying um, has really been driven by one, uh, you know, the the true wonder of of the cooking world and and maybe just like great people world is J Kenji Lopez Alt's video and uh, videos and his presence on on YouTube and and otherwise. And I realized that I was a bad person because for the longest time, I didn't engage with his stuff for a reason that um, uh, he, he said his, his, basically his mom called him out for um, when he was just starting to be a food writer because he, he initially went by J. Kenji Lopez. And I would like see him all over and see his name on stuff. And for whatever reason, that just turned me away. And I realized that that was a really weird reason not to engage with someone. And I was just like, oh, I see this guy everywhere. I feel like it's, it, you know, with it, and seeing the name and, and tagged everywhere. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to like, this is the hot thing. I'm not going to engage with that. This was very stupid. He is excellent. And now I've bought uh, spatulas and a, a rolling pin because I saw them in his kitchen. And I'm like, I want to model my life after you. So like... Deciding that you're not going to engage something with the internet on the internet because you see it everywhere and like you recognize the name because it's been everywhere is actually not a good reason to look out for different stuff. So that's my bad and I apologize because I was wrong. Are you apologizing for what you thought of? I'm, I'm, can you clarify what you're apologizing for? It's just I feel like this. I just this I interpreted happened. it as to say that maybe you didn't want to engage with J. Kenji Lopez Alt because that was their no, name. no. It's it's no. It's it's not that. It's okay. That just wanted to clarify that. But you're, you're right. Saying because because he was too popular. He was mainstream. he was too popular. He was too oh, popular. Okay. It felt like very much. It's like okay. oh, I can find other outlets, and it's like this is everywhere. But the reason it was everywhere because it's it's actually good. And I feel like with the internet, if you see something everywhere, it's usually because it is not good. And that principle did not apply here. But you're right, Max. That is important to clarify. Yeah. You you ran into a, an awkward thing where you, you were talking about seeing someone's name everywhere. And you have to be very clear when you're doing that, that you're not talking about the fact that it's their name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that 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 is important. And it's it's yes those those things would be different if it was like if it was a tom jones clark it'd be very different but in this case it it wasn't so to clarify is important so thank and, you for asking for that and thus explains our our three increasingly concerned expressions on the skype call as you said i thought i, I, thought I was learning something yeah. new about beers yes that no. that Olivia Rodrigo, I see her name everywhere, and I'm just like, man, <laughs> it's not not for yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, so so now that now that we've done that, uh, and, and this is probably going to be the the last episode of it's pretty okay. Um, let's let's go out with a bang and and do a, a big idea from pop culture, and. Uh, Kevin and Pierce have have seen this one already, uh, but uh, there is in the upcoming issue of the New Yorker uh, a very well done profile of uh, Rich Paul, 
who is you know most famous for being LeBron James' you know business partner and agent and um the the profile is written by Isaac Chotner who is usually their like tough question Q&A guy uh, but he he did a, a really good job, and I, I don't want to spoil it too much because I, I want all of you to go read the thing, and also because Kevin has explicitly said that he's waiting for the, the print magazine to come out to read it. Um, but the, uh, the title of the piece is Change Agent, and I just, I, I really, I enjoyed it a great deal. Uh, I, I have been on the uh as, as a sports fan i have been on the business end of a of the rich paul special uh the the you know package of moves to to get your star client out of town into a bigger market before and, and it's a bummer uh and and i i sort of recognized as i was reading it that i really had a lot of mis misplaced uh frustration with rich paul but uh anyway the the real, the real hammer of this profile for me was uh, a mention of the decision, the infamous TV special in which LeBron announced that he would be taking his talents to South Beach to join the Miami Heat, and uh, something that one Billiam uh, Simmons uh, wrote. Uh, after the decision, back when he was still in the good graces of ESPN, and uh, just suffice it to say that uh, what he said is pretty gross, and uh, a decade later, Rich Paul still does not uh, talk to Bill Simmons as a result. But uh, you'll have to you'll have to read the you'll have to read the profile uh, for his just marvelous explanation of why it is that he doesn't talk to Bill Simmons anymore. So uh, Change Agent is up on the New Yorker's website now, and it'll be in uh, the next, I think the June 7th print issue. So go check that out. Uh, yeah. And uh, and don't, don't avoid it because of names. <laughs> Yeah, it's good that it's very popular on the internet right now. Not the not the bad kind of popular. That was on the a internet. that was a, a puzzling thing you said that because like something being popular on the internet is a sign that it is not good. I yeah I, I don't You're know such that, a nonconformist. Well, <laughs> I just you know it's it's you th- see things pop up everywhere and I I like am am I'm always bracing to be like ah oh, I'm seeing this so much I, if. It'll get milkshake ducked. It'll get milkshake mm. ducked. That is what okay. I am thinking. All right, that's and, fair. Yeah, and I feel like that. Sometimes I feel like that with certain like current and well, really mostly like former Bon Appetit people. Now <laughs> I'm like that uh, something something bad is going to happen. I I don't know if I'm ready to follow, but um, there's no reason not to try it unless someone is actively being hurt, which in this case no one was, and I m- was mistaken. All right, well, there you, there you have it. Uh, that is the end of the show. You can find us at our home on the web, www.prettyokpod.com. You can also subscribe to the podcast feed on your device and podcast app of choice. If you do that, 
please leave a rating, review, comment, that sort of thing. Or just tell a friend about the show. We'd love to share it with them as well. We'll be back next week to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Max. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening.